0: Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on with Cheezo and Pistol once again. How are you going there, Pistol?
1: Not too bad, although after seeing these team announcements, I'm a uh, lot sadder than I was a couple minutes ago. How are you doing?
0: I'm not too bad, seeing as I don't have to make any forced trades. Now, it was the battle of the century between the two best coaches in the country on the weekend. And uh, Pistol, do you uh, want to go through your head-to-head and how it unfolded this weekend?
1: Yeah, we well, just skip over that. I, that it's not us, surely.
0: 202-point <laughs> drubbing to Cheezo. Our, our Dr. Supercoach Admin League is now 94th overall. Uh, it'd probably be a bit higher if we weren't the equivalent to uh, the Suns and the Lions having the Q Clash on the weekend down the bottom of the ladder.
1: Yeah, and I bottom scored, so it wasn't a good week <laughs> copying the donuts down back and also playing hamilton And the carnage continues this week, so yeah. looking forward to that.
0: Uh, Pistol, you've run out of trades. You've... But I've basically ended your Slim's finals chances. Uh, A lot of people are in the same position. What do you do at this stage to try and keep yourself interested uh, in Supercoach for the remainder of the seasons? Do you just kind of look ahead and pencil some good names into your black book for preseason next year?
1: Uh, I find alcohol and uh, crying (laughs) helps, to be honest. (laughs) I do just look out for the names for next season. Um, My year's well and truly done. Just hope for the best and just laugh when things happen because... It's a bit of fun anyway, and uh, season's over for me. So, yeah, look out for some players. I think will do quite well next season.
0: So there's there's guys like um, O'Meara and Swallow and uh, Yaron and think like guys that haven't uh, literally played any games at all this year that are going to get that thirty percent discount. You'd think that uh, can go straight in that little black book to um, go straight in the team. Um, maybe a Jack Redden who hopefully um, steps his game up when he kind of gets up to speed with the 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 Eagles' web. Um a couple uh real cheap ones to go straight into the uh, preseason uh teams as soon as they unlocks.
1: Yeah, there's, there's actually quite a few next year. There's also like Jamie Elliott and Scooter, David Swallow, stuff like that. So there's actually just so many. So we won't be able to start all of them. Um, it's going to be interesting to see which ones people take. Why can't
0: we start all of them?
1: Thanks. I guess you could, but you'd be <laughs> using a lot of trades to upgrade them to uh, proper primos.
0: Yeah, speaking of uh, using trades, I think a few of us are going to be covering quite a few of the uh, changes this week. Uh, we might as well jump straight into the uh, ins and outs pistol. Uh, I'll take the Cats and the Bulldogs. Uh, Zach Smith coming in for the Cats, uh, for those that uh, are still running with a uh, a uh, mid-priced ruck. I don't think there would be many. On the dog side of things, there's a whole stack of changes um, after Mitch Wallace had he, and uh, had his leg snapped, and Redpath did his ACL once again. Uh, the two big ones that are, are in addition to those are Matty Boyd, who's out with an Achilles, and Matty Suckling, who was out with an Achilles injury. Uh, luckily for us, Lukey Dalhouse uh, comes back in there. Pistol.
1: Luckily for us, as coaches of Supercoach, we're not lucky for me, as I have some of the out players. So, and Marcus Adams isn't back. So that's been terrible.
0: Yeah, a lot of people holding him for that uh, that D7 position and he's spending more time um, in the rehab group than the people he's supposed to be covering for.
1: Yeah, he's quite unfortunate. But uh, it is good to see uh, Sam Menejola get on board for this week again. He played really well last week as a late in. Unfortunately, you said you didn't want him to play for yep. the whole season so you could get him next year. And what happened? You jinxed it.
0: Yeah, well, basically, um, he... Got that, that game that I really didn't want him to get, and what did he do? He basically popped out a ton. Uh, I think he put up, he had 26 touches, 97 supercoach points as a 118k mid. Um, we really needed him for, for next year, but um, hopefully he, he doesn't get too many more games in the future. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully coming into the finals, the Cats try and uh, put their big guns back in and send him back to the VFL because uh, they, they're just ruining a rookie for us.
1: I think he's, if he keeps playing like that, he's going to stay in the team for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah. Um, do you have uh, Matty Boyd in the back line? Are you, are you struck down with that, that donut as well?
1: Some could say Boyd, some could say Suckling, and some could say Adams. I guess it's oh, no. not been a, a happy year coming off a lead and a Bartell a couple of weeks ago and McVeigh the week before, so it's just all over Red Rover.
0: Yeah, I, I wonder if they're actually contemplating upping the uh, the trades next year just to cover all these amount of injuries that we're getting in the the new new age fast paced game.
1: I mean, I wouldn't think they would, but it's been quite amazing. The last two seasons we've been hit really really hard with injuries towards the end. I think three seasons ago, three seasons ago it wasn't as bad. I think there was a couple of restings in the second last round of the year for memory. But it wasn't it hasn't been as bad as this year and last year, so I'm not sure what they're gonna do about it.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine them you know, basically if they add any more trades and they're basically AFL fantasy. Um just on uh the Geelong midfield, you got Cam Guthrie there, the uh the trade out for Ablett the other week, uh their pistol. Eighty three points he put up on the weekend. That that's pretty much justifying his trade in, don't you think?
1: Well, he's outscoring Ablett, so yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, jump into the uh, the Giants and the Tigers there, mate.
1: So big in for GWS and Ryan Griffin, not quite super coach relevant. On the Richmond side, uh, Adam Markham makes his debut. He's a rookie, which again we've just lost one for next year. But he is a decent player, big ball winner in the VFL. Interesting to see how he goes, at spotless. And uh, big Hooley is back. He's been out for a while, so good to see him back. Um, not sure he's going to be super coach Relevant now, but maybe he might get a discount for next year. He missed quite a few games, so he's certainly one to watch. Uh, your man, Jason Castagna, is omitted. Yeah. He lost his spot after playing pretty well in uh, fortnightly games, and then last week wasn't that good, so got dropped. And I think that's all the Supercoach Relevant ones here.
0: Yeah. Um, we'll jump into the, the Hawks and the Blues. This should be not very exciting, let's be honest. Um Really, not that much Supercoach relevant in ins and outs kind of wise. Um, those that are, have been jumping on or looking to jump on that final uh, backman, uh, say you're trying to, you've got a trade to cover Matty Boyd this week. Uh, would you consider um, getting in Josh Gibson this week? There, Pistol.
1: Not for me. I think there's other better options, but he's definitely not the worst option. Is his? He's at the top, just not right in the top echelon of defenders. Yeah. I think.
0: And the Hawks are really starting to uh, peak at the right end of the year. They were just kind of scraping few, uh, through uh, during the the mid mid part of the season, but now they're coming into the uh, the big run home. They're you know they're um, basically like uh, fourteen and three or fifteen and three, something like that. And they've barely broken a sweat. It's uh, pretty scary to think that they're almost walking in their fourth in a row.
1: No oh, man, if they win again, I mean it's just getting a bit boring now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully they uh, a couple of their older guys retire like last year So they can bring them back to the pack um, You can jump into uh, Collingwood and the West Coast Eagles their Champion
1: Yeah, another big in for Collingwood Rupert Wills gets to play He's a rookie, so we've lost another rookie for next year I'm going to keep saying that because that's all I'm focused on now But <laughs> uh, for this year, we'll see how he goes Hopefully he does well Ben Crocker's in for those that have been holding him on the bench And same as Jordan Dugowie um, no one out really of Supercoach relevance. On West Coast side, they have Jack Redden out if someone has in their draft team. Other than that, uh, Jonathan Giles is out, so people with Scott Lysette might be a bit happy that Lyset gets to rock completely by himself. And yeah, no other really big news. Um, Tom Phillips still hasn't made the emergency, so... Don't think he's going to be seeing any action for a little while.
0: What's the story with him, Pistol? As a, a Collingwood supporter, have you heard anything about where he's gone? Is he is he still listed on the Collingwood senior senior <laughs> squad? What's what's the deal? I've, he's just disappeared, vanished without a trace.
1: No, he's still around. He's doing all right, I think. <laughs> I'm not too sure, but we're going to just be playing our rookies and seeing who can play and who can't play for the rest of the year. So I imagine there'll be quite a few changes every week while we test our list.
0: Yeah. Uh, we'll jump into the uh, the lines in Port Adelaide. Uh, quite a few changes here. Shaq is out with General soreness. for anyone that's still got him. Um, Stefan uh, Martin, big one, rested. How is Stefan Martin rested? He came off 162. Maybe he got too many points last week, Pistol. <laughs> Maybe it's, that's why he's being rested.
1: It's strange that they're resting him while playing at home rather than in a away match, so he must be really sore with those ribs still. So that's really disappointing because I'm sure people that have him, except for you, who happen to have him on the bench.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell everyone about that. Every, Looking look forward else. to put Goldie on the bench and bring Stefan Martin on this week, and I've got to bring Goldie back on.
1: <laughs> Shame. Poor you having to bring, out Gold, bring on Goldstein for Stefan Martin while the <laughs> know, rest of us. That,
0: You never thought you'd say that at the, start of the, at the start of the year. You're disappointed about having to bring Goldie on this week.
1: <laughs> well, I'm going to bring on uh, Darren Wyatt for a zero, so... Yeah, not looking good for me again. Um, Yeah, keep going with this game. There's There's another big,
0: big out. Yes, you're damn right there, Pistol. There's another big, big out. That's Jay Schultz. Port Adelaide decided that John Butcher is the way to go at full forward. A little bit interesting there. Two new players getting the debut for the Lions. Uh, Archie Smith in the ruck and Sam Skinner off a half-forward flank. Um, He... Has absolutely been killing the NIFL As a, a, a lot of these uh, uh, AFL listed players do But he, he had to come back from an ACL recent reconstruction When he was drafted So they drafted him knowing that he, it would take some time to get going But they uh, are really, really happy with his work ethic And uh, he's going to be another player for the future That not many people have probably heard of
1: And he has a DPP with defender forward status
0: Yeah, another one There's Gee, there's a fair, fair amount of those going around this year Um, that's pretty much covering this game mate we can jump into the uh, Kangaroos and the Saints in what will be an absolute ripper game
1: Jared Waite is a big in for Majak Dor he flew so high from his screamer that he actually exited this universe and (laughs) Jared Waite is the replacement Minchington is in for Sinclair other than that I'm just looking forward to watching this game
0: yeah, it's got obviously got some uh, huge ramifications, especially if the Saints win, although their percentage isn't that great. Um, it definitely uh, shows that the, the Saints are still in with a hunt, even if it, they are coming to spoil Boomer Harvey's party.
1: Yeah, realistically, North could lose all the games for the rest of the season. They have a very tough draw. So it'd be interesting to see if uh, St Kilda can topple them.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely brilliant. Uh, we'll jump into Melbourne and the Suns. Uh, just extended benches for everyone. There's no uh, outs at this stage. Um, not anything overly relevant. Again, we've got Jack Martin and Tuk Miller in the uh, the midfield for the Suns. When you have your seven starting mids out, it really puts you under pressure. And when Gold Coast got over Frio last year, I think that pretty much said to everyone that Frio's just locked it down. They're just uh, excited to get pick three, I think.
1: Yeah, it's look, not much you can do here with this game in particular. Melbourne's just going to overrun the Suns. Um, I think, yeah, Freo are going to finish badly. They're going to get a good pick. They're going to rebuild. They'll probably get McCarthy and a couple of other fellas back. Um, I think Brad Hill is is rumoured to go Freo. So they're probably going to bounce back nicely. I'm not sure I can say the same about Suns. I think everyone's going to leave. Uh, more relevant to this game, I think they're just going to get trounced. But it's good to see Matty Rosa... Back in. He keeps coming in because he's always late out. So then he has to put in the next week. So,
0: yeah, good to no, see he, him back. He, he'll get injured between now and the, the first bounce, trust me.
1: Oh, I would not be surprised. <laughs> it's that kind of year for the Gold Coast Suns.
0: Max Gorn's going to absolutely, uh, I was going to say absolutely kill this game, but considering that it's, uh, it's at the MCG, he's probably only going to get three hit outs and maybe a handball for the game.
1: And still get 120 Supercoach points.
0: <laughs> All right, jump into the Dockers in Sydney there, mate.
1: So... Over here, we've got Pav In, which is a nice in, and Darcy Tucker, for those that were holding him on the bench, he's on the extended bench, so hopefully he gets a run for you guys. Um, Connor Blackley is out, who's been in good form lately, so that's a pretty big loss. Yep. Uh, Jared McVeigh is probably the big in for Sydney Swans, I'm assuming he's going to play, he's back, which is great for my team and I'm sure for sure many others. Callum Sinclair is the one that's out for Swan. So Sam Naismith is the ruckman at the, at this stage as a lone ruckman. Not sure if they're going to bring in Nank the tank. He's on the extended bench, so we'll see. But Naismith should score decently well, I think. he's He hasn't even been scoring badly when he's been playing as a second ruck.
0: Yeah, I really think they will bring in Nankervis um, as a straight swap for Sinclair this week. I really don't think they're going to entrust Naismith with sole rucking duties, considering that even when Sinclair was in the side, they were giving Naismith a fair run. Um, they are a fan of Sydney. Are a fan of having two um, dedicated ruckmen um, for whatever reason it may be. Um, I I think that Nan Curvis will definitely come in. Uh, Ted Richards is. I wouldn't think you would see him sitting on the bench again. They wouldn't take him all the way over to uh, Fremantle if they weren't going to play him. Um, Jared McVeigh obviously a great in, and Ben McGlynn's. Pro- I think. Uh, I think last week we, we basically realised that Ben McGlynn's just lost his edge a little bit at the AFL level and it's, it's probably time to give uh, some of these Sydney rookies more game time and send him back to the NEFL.
1: Uh, yeah, possibly. I mean, George Hewitt hasn't been in amazing form either, so I expect him not to, to last on this uh, extended bench. When you're looking at it, we've got Foote, Hewitt, McGlynn, then Curvis, Papley, Richards and Richards. Who do you think are going to be the four that play?
0: I think Foote is probably going to get a second game. Um, they're not going to... I, I, can't, I can't see them letting him have one game and then um, not, not giving him a second, particularly when they're playing against Fremantle. Um, I have the feeling that if Nankervis comes in for a straight swap um, for Sinclair and McVeigh is named on field... It's, someone else is definitely going to be dropped. And I, I think Hewitt is the one, as you said, that's really uh, on the extended bench that hasn't been putting his hand up recently. He's definitely not putting up the uh, the numbers he was when we first got him in as a, 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 four, a mid-rookie. So um, he's definitely the one that I think that is going to come out um, this week. Uh, we might as well jump into the last game with around Adelaide Crows and Essendon. And I don't think I've ever, ever in my life definitely been barracking against Essendon in a game I've been watching it's a weird feeling to have but you know now that we have that number one pick basically sewn up um I was doing somersaults around the lounge when when we lost that game
1: well yeah definitely it's I find it pretty unfair you get banned lose all your players get the number one pick and then all your good players come back and now yeah, uh, you're yeah. a mid-table side with a number one pick
0: and we've got Darcy Parris um, that's basically having a, a number one pick anyway. Um, <laughs> a lot of changes on the uh, on both teams. Um, I think Adelaide Crows playing at home are going to be giving a few guys their debuts. Harrison Wig, who's been on the list for a couple of years, he's a very attacking defender. I have a feeling he might sneak in for a first game um, this uh, this game against Essendon. Um, the Bombers also have a few changes. Uh, Craig Bird coming back in. Jackson Spud Merritt coming back in. Jason Redmond, James Polkinghorn, and Sam Grimm, he's snuck onto the extended bench there, Pistol. Could he be the saviour for those that have him at R3 and have just lost Stefan Martin?
1: He could certainly be. However, looking at the bench, I'm not sure he's going to be one to stay on the extended bench. He's probably going to get dropped, but you wait and see for tomorrow if he... Does get a game right now Talk about perfect timing
0: (laughs) Exactly right Alright that wraps up The teams there mate Um, I think we might as well uh, Jump into the uh, The burning question This week And that's What do we do With Brett Deledio We've just learned This week That it's going to be Most likely A season long Calf injury Uh, They're basically Putting him in Cotton wool For the end of the year So I'm going to throw some names out to you, Pistol. I'm going to get you to kind of rank them uh, one to four or five, depending how many I throw to you. Uh, I'm going to not include Dustin Martin, Zach Merritt, and Zorka, because they are given you should have these three already, obviously. Yep. Um, but I'll throw, you some, I'll throw you some names. Feel free to throw up any others that I haven't mentioned that you like the look of, okay. and uh, I'll get you to, to rank them there for me, okay? I'll throw out Luke Dahlhaus, Jack yep, Gunston, <laughs> Lance Franklin, Daniel Wells and Lee Montagna. So that's Dalhouse, Gunston, Franklin, Wells, and Montagna.
1: Got a bit excited when you said Dalhouse. I haven't heard that (laughs) name for a while. (laughs) All right. Well, if I have to rank them, I'm going to say Dalhouse first. Um, Maybe it's a bit tough because everyone knows he's going to drop quite a lot. This week in price. However, if you do have one trade left, money does not matter, and if you want, you want to get the best player available, and that would be Daniel, um, not Daniel Wells. No. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, that would be Luke Dalhouse. So do lids to Dalhouse if that's your final trade. Yeah. Um, the next ones are a lot harder. They're <laughs> much, much more tough to. Split. So you've got
0: I- Gunston, Franklin, Wells, and Montagna. I
1: don't trust Wells ability to play the rest of the games for the season, so yep. I'm going to You reckon going they're going to, to say, put him in
0: cotton wool if they wrap up a finals berth?
1: I think so it's, we'll, we'll learn a lot more at the end of this week I think if North win or lose they will tell us a lot more, I think Gunston is probably the one I would go for second and then Buddy, and then Montagna, I, I don't know I've, Montagna, St Kilda's got a really good draw and I probably would put Montagna above Buddy but 50-50 with Gunston Montagna, it's he hasn't been in good form Montana. even though they're playing at home a lot and they've got a decent draw, he's just not scoring particularly well.
0: Okay. Uh, I'll throw you some key forwards that you might want to consider. Would you consider any of Nick Rewalt, uh, Tommy Lynch from the Gold Coast Suns, or Joshua Kennedy from West Coast Eagles? Could you see any of these key forwards putting up some uh, some good numbers on the way home?
1: I could see... Tom J. Lynch putting up some decent numbers, but the problem is I would rather all the other players that you mentioned yep. over these players. So I, I'd even prefer Toby Green, who wasn't mentioned, um, above all these players. Nick Rewalt probably has the best scoring potential there, but I'm always worried about him and his knees. If he's going to rest the game, it's kind of pointless. So I probably would stick to the Dalhouse or the Gunston-Franklin-Wells, I guess, Montagna types of players.
0: Yeah, I was definitely uh, Dulhous first, so we agree on that one. Um, I actually had uh, Nicky Rewalt as my number two. I think that um, Rewalt is just in sublime form, and I'm just kind of overlooking his age. And um, it's just a, a personal, personal option for me. I see him collecting, you know, ten marks on a lead up a wing every single week, and uh, he, he's just. Uh, I did say the other week that I'm at the, at the stage where um, my team's in disarray that I just want to pick people that I, I enjoy having in my team. I don't want to Lance Franklin in my team. Like, I just hate the bloke. So <laughs> that, that's probably the reason that I had uh, Nicky Rewild at number two. Uh, Jack Gunston um, is going to... Uh, he, he's playing all over the ground at the moment. He's spending time up forward, spending time up back. Um, he's literally... Um, l- looking at the goods to to come home with, and he probably be my my third choice. Um, I'm with you, and I don't think Daniel Wells can be trusted on the run home, particularly if North actually uh, beats St Kilda this week and uh, essentially wrap up the finals. So um, uh, Tom Lynch from Gold Coast is who I've got got in there next. Um, he's got a a, a crazy um, uh, three range, three round average. I'm just just looking it up here, Piss. Do you want to have a guess at exactly what? Uh, Tommy Lynch has been averaging over the last uh, four weeks, four or five weeks?
1: and know he's had quite a few big games, so I'm going to say 126.
0: Oh, you're close. Over the last three, he's averaging 123, and over the last five, 110.
1: Yeah, I thought his last three have been pretty good. Yeah, 110 over the last five is incredible, and... What's their run home like? Do you have it there?
0: They have a decent run home. They've got Melbourne at the MCG, GWS at Metricon, Essendon at Etihad, Collingwood at Etihad, and uh, Port Adelaide at Metricon Stadium. So uh, I I don't have a, a problem with uh, those looking at Tom Lynch, particularly he is a little bit more unique. Uh, he's only in 3.4% of teams, but the thing is because of his last five rounds being so good, um, putting up really decent numbers, 123, 118, 126 over his last three rounds, He's up to 500k now, he's 498 So, um, you know, if you're on that last trade And money's not an option, that'd be okay But um, if you've got a couple left He's not really that that kind of cheap, unique option anymore
1: no, it's more expensive than Dalhouse.
0: Exactly, so maybe we should go Dalhouse. I think that's why we had Dalhouse number one.
1: <laughs> Probably, yes.
0: All right, that wraps that one up. What, what should we do with lids? We're going to go Dalhouse every day of the week. Uh, we'll jump into some captains and vice-captains for this week. Uh, Pistol, how are you going to attack this week, do you think?
1: This week, see, I didn't make Dangerfield vice-captain or captain for, like, the last three or four weeks Except last week when he had his worst score. So <laughs> that was a pain. But this week, I think I might be playing it safe. Might do Dangerfield into, well, I'll say vice-captains, Dangerfield into Pendlebury, or because Pendlebury could be a vice-captain if I go Pendlebury into uh, someone like Sloan. Um, yeah, the options are a bit slim this week compared to last, where pretty much every game had some potential massive score. Just Selwood as well, and I think Bartel has a... Decent record at home against the Bulldogs. I might be making that up (laughs) because I just uh, thought of it right now, but he's in pretty good form. So (laughs) I guess he could also be an option, and I will get looking. I'll look that up while you are.
0: Yeah, can I see you on Patty Dangerfield for a moment?
1: Yeah, go for it. Houston
0: is going to absolutely love this. He's going to rub it in all week, especially if it happens again. During the year, earlier in the year, uh, Patty Dangerfield put up 173 on the Dogs. Yeah, it's not very much. It, it, it's, a, it's not a bad VC score, is it?
1: Yeah, you, you might take it, maybe.
0: Well, what about his previous four meetings before that, 114, 101, 113, 120? Yeah, all right. I'm sold. I'm <laughs> sold. sold. Well, what about a, a Scotty Pendlebury? He's got an eight-year average of 129 on the West Coast Eagles.
1: I think I need multiple captains.
0: <laughs> Only way I'm going to get through this week. Yeah, your vi- imagine if your vice captain got like 1.5 times his score as well.
1: Yeah, not so good. I, I did look up uh, Jimmy Bartel's scores, so
0: yeah, yeah. here we go. Hit me.
1: This season, he's averaging hundred, f- just under 114 at home. Yep. Uh, at Sorry, I should say at Skilled Stadium, mm-hmm. not at home, um, with only one sub-100 score. So all of his others have been quite high. So that's pretty impressive. And against Bulldogs, he's had the last four scores in a row above 100 as well, so... I am, quite, I am expecting uh, Bartell to have a decent game. Not sure he's going to be beating Dangerfield after you've just told me those stats, but yeah, I stand <laughs> so, by him. So, what you're so telling,
0: you was- you telling me is you're wasting our time in the VC options. I am. I am <laughs> most
1: definitely wasting your time. Dangerfield seems like uh, the standout option, and if you don't have him, I mean, who wouldn't have him? Maybe Pendlebury.
0: Oh, yeah, righto. So just turn it up there, mate. That, that's all right. <laughs> uh, the only other option I can give you is a, a, probably a VC. Um, I, I could say Rocky. He's coming off 154, uh, three-round average of 125.3, five-round average of 121.2. He's back to scoring his, uh, his absolute beast numbers. Um, he could be a VC option. Uh, last week I said that Dusty would be a fantastic VC option, um, and as well as the week before. I'm, not, I'm saying this week not to go near him because they're playing GWS and uh, Liam Cameron's already come out and said that they're going to put some attention into Dusty around the stoppages so they, uh, they're trying to stop his, uh, his ball use um, which actually isn't that great if you listen to Dimmer Hardwick
1: yeah I'm something about Clangers
0: Yeah, I think he has about six or seven a game, something like that. Uh, On a captain side of things, you've already mentioned Sloan against Essendon. He is just going to go in absolute beast mode at at Adelaide Oval. Um, I'm going into a Gorn this week. Gorn has just been, you can basically back him in every single single week of the year. Um, He's coming off 128 last week. He's got a three-round average of 131. I'm more than happy to stick the uh, the C on him after testing out a, a Rocky or a Pendles in my team this week.
1: Yeah, just on Rocky, it'll be interesting to see how he goes uh, without Stefan Martin tapping it down to him. So... Maybe a reduced score, but we'll have to wait and see. Well,
0: that's the thing. That Stefan Martin really doesn't get many hit-outs to advantage. So Rockliffe accumulates his points rather than getting, uh, say, like a nat five from Adder and Sandlands where he gets spoon-fed the ball. So he kind of accumulates it himself. So I'm, I'm literally not all that worried about Stefan Martin doing that at all. Um, there's also uh, the uh, the Swans versus Frio. Even though it's at Domain Stadium, you could see JPK, Hanabry, Parker, any one of those guys just putting up some big numbers even though Hannah's has been a little bit down lately, he's coming off a a, a round of uh, 76 last round. And he's, he's almost at the stage where I, I thought that he'd be like a perm of like a captaincy choice during the year. You could really trust him. But in his last six rounds, he's had four below a hundred and only two just scraping over the ton against Hawthorne and Carlton. He's had 68 and 76. And this week comes up against Fremantle. What's happened to, to Hannah's?
1: I think his ball use has just gone down heaps. The last couple of weeks, he's been getting so many clangers per game. It's just destroying his score.
0: Okay. I'm going to throw something out to you. and I'm going to
1: throw something back.
0: Okay. You, you, just, you just have a, a think about it just for a moment. Talia got done for being in a dodgy alley picking up some illicit substances do you think that's impacted on uh, Hanabree's output because he's probably uh, had to stay away from his usual spots the last few weeks?
1: <laughs> no, I don't think that's had an impact. You sure? I'm quite sure that it hasn't <laughs> had an impact at all. No, it's a terrible thing to say, but I have something to, to throw back to you. All right, right, which, go, go, go. Which St. Kilda, well, why they I say Which Sydney midfielder is averaging the most amount of points? JPK. It is JPK. He's now overtaken Hanabree and also Luke Parker.
0: After he had such a terrible start to the year, he's averaging 111.6. Admittedly, his last few rounds of 128 in his last three is really pumping him up.
1: Yeah, but and Hanabree averaging like four is uh, not helping either, but it's certainly uh, good to see him back up there. But also strange, for the whole year, he's been like the worst of the three, and come finals time, you'd probably rather JPK and your team out of all of them.
0: Well, I'll, I'll give you something, a, a stat here. JPK's lowest score is 75 that he scored against Collingwood in round one. His second lowest score for the year is 95 he scored in round two. His third lowest score for the year is 97 he scored in round four. And since then, he scored two ninety-nines, and everything else has been 100.
1: There we go. You, uh, If you need a midfielder, I don't know why you uh, don't have a... Fully finished team, but if you happen to need one, JPK is probably your man.
0: Houston's bloody laughing in our faces right now after he brought in JPK, isn't he?
1: Well, yeah, he deserves it.
0: <laughs> All right, that pretty much wraps up a captaincy, mate. Who are your final choices you're going to go into?
1: I think I'll do Dangerfield into Pendlebury. That's you've, you sold me on the Dangerfield, and I was already sold on Pendlebury, so we'll go go with that. And you,
0: yeah. I'm going to go a Pendlebury into a Gorn. I'm I'm really happy with where. Uh, gorn has been sitting, um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that uh, VC loop. Done. Sounds good. All right. Um, something that I want to I want to cover on this podcast, mate, is uh, we're getting towards the end of the year. We've seen a lot of these first year, second year players that are um, are vying for the rising star. I've narrowed it down to uh, some, to five names. I want you help me to try and pick who is going to win the the rising star this year. Um, I'll throw some names at you. You just instantaneously tell me exactly what you think's going on. Uh, we've got Petrarca, Wiedering, Callum Mills, Parish, and Caleb Daniel. Who do you think is uh, taking away the prize?
1: All right. Off the top of my head, I'm going to say Caleb Daniel and Callum Mills will be fighting it out for the rising star. I think Wiedering and Petrarca are a bit behind the others, a bit off the pace. Darcy Parish, your boy, uh, yep. I think is a tiny bit behind Mills and Daniel this season. So, yeah, if I had to choose between one or one of them, I would say Caleb Daniel, but I really wouldn't be surprised if, if Mills won, but I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be one of the two of them. What about you?
0: Um, well, I'm <laughs> some would say biased Pistol. No, um, never. I honestly think that Parish is going to take it away. He's come into a team that is basically just patched together with uh, uh, a bit of duct tape and blue tack. And he's played 16 games out of a possible 17 that he could play, averaging 19 disposals, which is second to only Caleb Daniel, who's a second-year player. Uh, a disposal efficiency of 63%, but that's because he's a much more inside mid than, say, a Weetering, Petrarca, um, or a Daniel, or a Mills that are all on the outside. Um, and he's also, in the AFL player ratings, he's actually rated higher than Mills, Wietering, and Petrarca. Altogether, um, together, he's uh, rated above them. Supercoach-wise, um, obviously Mills and Petrarca rating above, but... I like that you've pulled Caleb Daniel out. He's he's kind of gone under the radar after getting the Rising Star nomination in in round four. He's averaging nineteen point six touches, a disposal efficiency of seventy two percent, at the highest Super Coach average of the four the five that we've named, um, and uh, the fact that he's still eligible was probably the only thing stopping from Parrish running away with it. <laughs> Probably. I think he's
1: also I think under the age of like twenty one or twenty two or something, I read in the paper that is the second most effective or most effective player or something like that. I definitely for his size, his he's right up there and the most effective players. So yeah, personally I think he's gonna take it away. Plus everyone likes uh, the underdog and getting around him, so hopefully there's a little bit of that as well and hopefully he gets gets the job done.
0: The underdog because he's like short and he plays for the Bulldogs, or was that meant was that on purpose, Pistol?
1: You better believe it, I was uh, (laughs) saving that one
0: up. Well, no, I was hoping
1: you puns. didn't get it. <laughs> hoping you didn't get it, so I would uh, have to explain it. But no, you. Yeah, uh,
0: the reason that I ta- the reason that I take Parrish over Mills. Uh, Mills has got a considerably better disposal efficiency, even though he averages less disposals. But the thing is that Parrish is a lot more inside. Um, he's playing in a worse team where he doesn't get fed the ball, whereas Mills is able to sit outside the pack and have much less pressure on his disposal. Um, Caleb Daniel plays a similar kind of role, uh, running on the outside of the packs for the Bulldogs dogs but he's also got that contested possession um, um assigned to his game even for his size and I think the disposal efficiency and his impact on the game is what's going to get him across the line um as much as I'd love to say that it's going to be going to be parished um I I really think that Caleb Daniels probably uh the number one choice if uh, you're looking to try and figure out who's going to be the the rising star this year
1: yep cool and uh Talking about some rookies, let's uh, move on to for those people that do have trades. Yeah, which rookies would you be looking at getting this week?
0: Okay, so basically, in this situation, uh, if you're looking for uh, someone to fill a void, uh, you've got basically no money to play with, you've got a you've lost Boyd, you you don't have another another. Defender rookie to come on and cover, Um, for example, who are some guys that you could look at? Um, We've got Nathan Drummond who's come back from his ACL. He put up 63 last week with 10 touches, 5 marks, 3 tackles and a goal. Uh, 124k defender, he could be uh, a good bench warmer for you. Um, A a lot of these guys' pistol could even be um, just a a really cheap downgrade that might play to maximise the amount of money you use on your final trade. Um, say that helps you go from being able to uh, being able to forward like a, uh, a Chad Wingard to uh, a Nick Rewalt in the forward line, um, something like that. Um, someone that was really unlucky to miss out on a Rising Star Nom last week is Aaron Francis. Pistol defensive mid at 198k. He put up 86 last week from 16 touches. He uh, he looks like a really lively type.
1: Oh, he looks so good. I would not be surprised if he gets uh, nominated before the end of the year as
0: well. I wouldn't shut up on the weekend when he was playing, would I? No, I
1: can't imagine. <laughs> but you're talking the entire game. would not have been wanting to watch a game with you. <laughs>
0: um, one that you mentioned last, uh, that I mentioned last week that I really hoped stayed on the extended bench is Sam Metagola. 26 touches, 8 marks, 4 tackles, 97 Super Coach points, only 118k midfielder, mature age rookie, I think he's around 25, 26, something like that, has been killing the waffle for a number of years um, if I was, he'd be my number one to try and get in if I was trying to maximize uh, my final upgrade there, Pistol.
1: Oh, certainly, he's going to score well as well. So just a massive bonus at this stage of the year. Not only are you going to get like a rookie that's playing, but a rookie that's scoring
0: well. I mean, what more can you want? And super cheap. So, uh, Someone in the midfield that's also the same price as Metagola is Josh Schoenfeld from uh, the Gold Coast. First game, 19 touches, 8 marks, 4 tackles, um, a bit unlucky to only score 65, uh, but he really showed something, uh, even if he is a bit of a ginger.
1: Yeah, no, he looks <laughs> solid as well. And I would not be if, if you, for some reason, couldn't get uh, the Geelong boy. I'm not sure... Why well, you couldn't? But <laughs> if you couldn't get him, then yeah, he'd be my next next bet.
0: You couldn't get him because you hate the cats. That, that that'd be someone like me. Um, the only other forward option that I like the look of uh, that played last week, Shane Yaron, one hundred and eighteen uh, k, scored sixty one from a couple goals. The uh, benefit for him is that four out of the last five games remaining for Frio are, are at Domain Stadium, Pistols, So um, that works in his favour.
1: Yes, yeah, so are you expecting them to win any of the games?
0: Uh, probably not. Do
1: you want to, who, who do they have? Do you want me to read through it?
0: You read, you read through and uh, see if Frio actually going to get a game, uh, get a game on the, on the wins list.
1: They've got Swans this week at home, followed by the Eagles, which I guess Yuck. you could say is both of their home, and then Crows at home, followed by GWS away, and then Bulldogs at home.
0: Look, it's a, it's a pretty good run home, don't you reckon? <laughs> I'd say... <laughs> no, like the... literally run home. He, he, he saw he was playing. It was like, no, stuff that. I'm going home.
1: <laughs> See you later, guys. I'm done. <laughs> I'm not sure they're going to get the job done in any of these games. It's going to be... Goals will be hard to come by as well. If you need a forward rookie, I guess he's the best option because he's one of the only options. Uh, maybe Sam Skinner, who's got uh, the forward mid forward uh, defense eligibility could be a better option next week but you have to wait and see there
0: yeah sounds good mate um we might as well jump into some community questions to fill or, uh, to finish off don't you think yep let's go for it so We've jumping straight jumping straight over to the uh, the facebook page um we have tim and tanya cooper down to the last trade uh, trade lids for Lysit Hickey, or Naismith. I need DPP cover with Steph Martin and Grimley on my bench. Um, Tim, I think probably what the story is, if you need DPP cover, I would go Hickey Pistol. And you want to know why? Why? Because Lysit doesn't actually have a really good run, They've been averaging, uh, Hickey has been averaging just slightly less than Lysett. Lysett uh, uh, 99.7 over the last, I don't know where I got that number from, uh, 99, 99.7 over the last three rounds uh, without Nick Nat, who is due to return. Um, Hickey 96 average. But the thing is that it does have a tough ruck run coming up uh, with Collingwood, Frio, Giants, uh, Adelaide and Hawthorne to finish off the season. Um, Hickey has a considerably um, better run home for the, uh, the Saints as they... Uh, really try and push for the finals. Uh, Hickey, as I said, averaging 96 over the last three. His finals are uh, North, Carlton, Sydney, Richmond, and Brisbane. Um, so I'd probably uh, pick a, a Saints player um, who play, who don't play any more away games. Their, uh, their last five are between Etihad and the MCG. Pistol.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people will be having this question and automatically just assume that Lysette is the better pick because he's been going well decently and seems to have... Uh, quite a high ceiling as well so it's interesting that you said Hickey and I do agree after hearing that and doing a bit of research on my own I think Hickey will outscore Lysette but I mean it's going to be close either way I don't think it's going to be a massive difference but if you're going for overall which I imagine most of you are then yeah Hickey would be my choice over Lysette which is uh, an interesting choice so yeah moving on to uh uh, Sean Gleason, he says, is Dalhouse worth punting on this week or field Petrarca covering for Deledio for a week to see? I'm not so sure Deledio is going to be coming back, Sean. So for me, I would be punting on Dalhouse. This week in particular, though, Petrarca plays Gold Coast at home and Dalhouse plays Geelong at Skills Stadium. So although Petrarca is quite a risk. It's not the worst thing to fill Petrarca. I'm not sure there's going to be that much difference between Petrarca and Dalhouse scoring-wise. And definitely price-wise, Dalhouse will drop this week. So if you have multiple trades, um, I'd definitely wait one week. If you don't have multiple trades and this is your last one, I'd probably just bite the bullet and get Dalhouse and hope he outscores Petrarca. You probably will buy a little bit, but not enough that you'd, you'd rather save the 50K if you could that is probably going to drop um, if you have multiple multiple trades. Would you well, use, think that's fair?
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think uh, Petrarca showed last week exactly what it can do and home against the Gold Coast Suns with no midfield, I can see him uh, kind of matching his ton that he put up last week. The thing to remember is that Dalhouse has a break-even a break even, 196. It doesn't matter how he goes coming back from his return, he's going to drop 50K thereabouts. So... Um, I, I see no, particularly if you've got, uh, say, like myself, only a couple trades left, um, a, there's no reason to force yourself into a trade when there's a few, you know, your last four games of the season, you burn all your trades, you could have a couple out and nothing to cover them at all with. So I've got uh, no problems with uh, chucking a, a Petrarca on for this week and letting uh, Dalehouse just get his feet back and, uh, and dropping that little bit of price um, to save your 50K in case you have a, a couple more left in hand.
1: Yeah, tell me more about what happens when you run out of trades.
0: <laughs> uh, are you going to educate the community there, Pistol?
1: <laughs> yeah, it didn't didn't go too well when you get hit trades early. When you hit the trades early and hard, and then you don't have any for the end of year, you end up like <laughs> me and you end up dropping two k every week for did. the last three weeks. <laughs> did
0: Did you have this is a question? Did you have any weeks this year that you didn't use your maximum amount of trades?
1: I did have one week, and it was a very bad week because I copped two injuries. <laughs> So I think that was like round eleven or something like that. I only used one, and
0: it didn't go well for me. <laughs> you, that's when you wish you had used two trades. The only the only week that you didn't use two trades was the I actually got. Of...
1: I got priced out of Rockcliffe by a hundred dollars. So hundred bucks. Yeah, if I I could have traded a week earlier and uh, got the job done, but instead I wanted to play it safe. And I think <laughs> it was the week that Rockliff got two hundred as well. That's oh, why that, I got priced that makes out. you
0: feel good, doesn't
1: it? So if I had used the trades, I. would probably would have been a lot better off but let's jump into the next question yeah
0: jade hayes is carriage out and motlop in as well as adams out and rich in pointless and waste of trades jade they're pointless
1: they're a waste of
0: trades (laughs) carriage to motlop was not really an upgrade at all and adams to rich rich is playing i guess their pistol is the Bonus. (laughs) Bonus. <laughs> he is most certainly playing, so can
1: confirm uh, Rich is playing this week.
0: Yeah, no, they're, they're pretty pointless. Uh, if you've got two trades left at this stage of the season, Jade, I'd be using them on something else. Uh, jump into the next question, there, mate.
1: Henry Gibbs says Hall to Dalhouse, Montagna, or Gunston. I am going to say it is Dalhouse, yeah. as we discussed before. However, if you have multiple trades and you're trying to save one, uh, sorry, save money then maybe you could wait a week. But if you only need one forward, then just grab Dalhouse because he's the best of the lot and we'll average more for the rest of the season.
0: All right, James Papadopoulos says, get in Zorko or Martin. Someone that uh, Tommy's cheekily said uh, Zaharakis is looking tasty. Um, I'm going to go Zorko there, Pistol. And why is that? Uh, Zorko has his uh, three of his last five at the Gabba, where he averages 116 across his career. Dusty has three of his last five at the MCG, where he's only been averaging 94 of late.
1: Yeah, sold. I was yeah. easily convinced.
0: Yeah. I think uh, the fact that Dusty's been picking up so many touches and GWS has already come out and said that um, they're going to be putting some work into him this week because they don't want him to have that much ball as what he's been getting... Um, Definitely is uh, warding me off Dusty I don't think we need, this, need to worry about the same thing Happening to Zorko with their good run home
1: And also Delio is out So before people jump up around And say maybe he'll get more of Delio's points At the beginning of the season when Delio wasn't playing May have been coincidence Probably not enough data to draw a conclusion But yeah. Dustin Munn did start poorly Delio wasn't playing So who knows
0: Yeah two or three, uh, two or three rounds into the season People were getting rid of Dusty Yeah he was playing that badly yeah, so uh could be coincidence But there seems to be um, Just a general impression That Martin uh, is just slightly down When Lids isn't in the team um, We'll jump into the next question there mate uh, uh, You've got uh, one from Prem Sebastian
1: He asks Shaw, Boyd or Bartell Which is a great question We'll say not Boyd as he's been ruled out this week Yep. So Shaw or Bartell
0: Well Shaw's got the highest averaging back Pretty much isn't he? You'd, you'd pick Shaw wouldn't you?
1: I sure wouldn't. I you wouldn't? Would <laughs> tell me, tell I me
0: why you pick Bartell.
1: I would go for Bartell. I already spoke about how he averages incredibly well against the Bulldogs in the past. His next games to end the year are Dons, Richmond, Lions, and Dees. So incredibly good. Bartell likes playing against easy opponents, won't beat around the bush. So Heath Shaw hasn't even been in particularly good form. Although he has got an easy draw, he doesn't have many home games left. Just... Um, Richmond this week Eagles and Frio so decent draw but nothing special I think Bartel will just outscore him he's in better form, he's got a better beard yeah. roll with that.
0: Lovely beard uh, Ridge Corso says Laird or Gibson for my last trade in defence? Uh, Laird, every day of the week for me
1: Yeah, I definitely agree, he's on the extended interchange bench this week which is uh, a little bit interesting but nothing to be concerned about I think
0: yeah, no, it's it's Rory Laird. We don't need to worry about him. Maybe they uh, give him a rest because they're playing Essendon this week, but why would you give like a, a young 20-year-old a rest when he's not injured? Um, a few more. Patrick Dunn, uh, seeing as it's the last round before finals and I'm assured to make finals, should I just cop a donut from Steph Martin this week?
1: Yes. Yeah, if, you think... go, if, you, if you're going for a league and you're in the finals, you're not worried about it. You're, already, you're either in the bottom four, definitely, or you're in the bottom four of the top eight uh then just hold it and cop it and save your trades
0: yeah well exactly as you're saying um talking about finals you're obviously not worried about overall so you can cop a donut but if this game um is very dependent on whether you get that second chance by finishing in the top four i'd be almost inclined to make that trade depending on um who you're coming up against Uh, particularly if your opponent has Stefan Martin and you think they're going to make a trade, I think it's uh, even a defensive move just to cover him by making that trade. Or if you think they're even going to hold because they know they're going to make top four or finals anyhow, um, it could be an attacking move by getting getting rid of him as well.
1: Yeah, there's plenty. We don't really know the situation there, but based on what he said, I think the best option is just to hold and not trade.
0: Yeah, all right. Uh, that pretty much wraps up the podcast there, Pistol. It's been absolutely lovely having, uh, having you on there again, mate.
1: Thanks for having me. And once again, thanks to everyone that donated to the Cancer Council Research uh, Charity link that we've been putting up. Uh, thanks so much for your support and we'll be putting it up again on in the comments section of this podcast.
0: Yeah, one of our uh, our regular listeners, Jackson Jacoby, um, ranked in the top five 450 so far absolutely loves pistols advice i, I really don't think he actually <laughs> listens to my advice uh, who are you trading this week pistol just so jacko knows who's to get in who am i trading That's, <laughs> uh, well
1: <laughs> i'm pretty sure you did that by accident so that one just hurts <laughs>
0: <laughs> set you up beautifully uh, yeah jacko uh put in uh, a really nice donation so thanks to thanks jacko let us know how you're going this week community Basically, the last round before finals, if you're like me and you're sitting down uh, in the uh, outside the top eight and there's not much to do, uh, keep thinking about who's going to be good next year. Keep teasing those that have no trades and you can still cover and work on uh, your overall rank and uh, keep barnstorming. And, uh, yeah, pretty much, make sure you get Houston on Twitter and let him know how bad he is for not being on the pod lately.
1: All right. Well, thanks <laughs> for having me.
0: <laughs> All right, Pistol. I'll talk to you later.
1: All right. No worries. Catch up.
0: See you, community.